Welcome to Tim Friedman's 70s Rock Conversations. I'm your host, Tim Friedman, joined by rock expert, fellow Clevelander, Frank Ost. Frankie, how are you? I'm great. It's great to be back. Jethro Tull, good show today, yeah, huh? Fun, fun. By the way, thanks for all your downloads. We've had like hundreds and hundreds of downloads uh, for all of our seasons, and we really appreciate that. You can listen anywhere. You can get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. And I found out you could literally Google's Tim name, yeah. and it'll come up. You can find it within seconds. Tim Friedman, it comes right up to the top, a 70s Rock Conversations. Sure. It'll give you a link and take you right there. So we appreciate your downloads. Today in rock history, September 26th, West Side Story in 1957 opened on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater. Wow. Remember that movie? And the I rest think? is history. Oh, my right. goodness. I think that movie, wasn't that a Steven Spielberg or something movie last year? Yeah, and um, I cannot remember, and maybe you can remember, but I can't remember them doing a remake of a Best Picture winner. Hmm. I can't, you know, and I'm pretty good with best pictures, and I can't remember them remaking another one. And, of course, the original West Side Story, I think, won in 61 or 62, mm-hmm. something like that. Well, that was better. This one kind of fizzled, didn't it? It it did. He spent uh, $100 million to mm-hmm. make a movie that nobody really wanted, and no. I guess it really didn't do well at the box office. And, of course, Steven Spielberg has, you know, yeah. So much under his belt that one loser is not going to hurt him. But if it was a regular guy, he'd be, he'd, he'd he'd have a lot of explaining yeah. to do. <laughs> it's funny you mention that. You know, you think maybe The Graduate or Midnight Cowboy or something would have right. been brought back to the screen the way they like to do sequels and endless, sure, you know, sure. rehashes of movies. Because I think they're running out of ideas, Frankie. I think they definitely are. And but you know, there was a lot of talk when that came out of them kind of. Uh, Making up for some of the uh, original errors that they had with, well, of course, Natalie Wood playing the um, uh, Puerto Rican. (laughs) And, and, you know, that's all well and good. But, you know, when you're dealing with something that's 50 years old and is a classic. Yeah. It's it's like remaking Gone with the Wind. I know there are a lot of problems (laughs) with Gone with the Wind. Don't get me wrong. I understand that. But why would you want to remake it? I mean, I don't know. What, 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 what does it get you? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me either. It doesn't. That's Hollywood. And especially when, with a thing like uh, West Side Story, you can uh, actually do it on stage and make all the changes you want mm-hmm. to yep. to it on yeah. stage. 1969 promoter Bill Graham opened his Fillmore West in San Francisco, a counterpart of Fillmore East, of course, New York City. John Lennon, five years later, his Walls and Bridges album was released. It was his last album with new material for six years. Number one in the U.S., number six in the U.K., surprisingly number six. Rocky Horror Picture Show, ever see that movie? I did. (laughs) Um, My daughter went through a period where she just loved it, and so we got to see it a number of times. Yeah. And uh, my wife also was one of those people right at the beginning, way back, that used to go to the uh, midnight show. The theaters. And we did that in college with the rice and we bring all the stuff. Yeah, Exactly. The ABC TV show Cop Rock, a Stephen Boschko (laughs) production, (laughs) made its debut in 1990. It received bad reviews and was canceled after just 14 episodes. I remember seeing it. I thought, what is this? Yeah. And if you're wondering, back in that day... They rarely did that. They, usually they would let something run a full season. Mm-hmm. They rarely cut it. Uh, and it was that bad. It, that bad. it really was. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Palmer, 2003, died of a heart attack at just mm. age 54. Oh, what a loss. He was our featured artist back in season six. Phil Spector's first trial in the murder case of Lana Clarkson four years earlier ended with a hung jury in this state in 2007 That's with right. 10 guilty, two not guilty votes. A retrial began a year later, resulting in a conviction. Thank goodness. However. Yeah. Birthdays. Actor George Raft. You ever see the film Bugsy? Absolutely. Yeah. I've seen a number of his, uh, and boy, he was that classic uh, <laughs> bad guy in the, back in the 30s and 40s. Yep. Yeah. George Gershwin, born Jacob Gershwin, brother of Ira. Mm. Rhapsody in Blue. You know, died in 1937, George did it, only 38 years old. It's amazing. He wrote all the things he did, and mm. he died at 38. Jack LaLanne died in 2011, just before his 100th birthday. He was like 97 years old. He was born in the state in 1914. Remember Ellie Mae? 
on Absolutely. Release. She was born in 1939. Kent McCord of Adam-12, you can still catch those episodes. <laughs> he was born in 1942. Kent McCord. He's 80 and, years and old. Martin Milner. Yep, Marty Milner. Yeah. Brian Ferry, 77 today. Lynn Anderson, who sang Rose Garden. That's She's right, 75. Yeah. Olivia Newton-John was born in 1948. I think I still wow. have her poster somewhere in my, the attic from back in the day. Was that from the physical days, maybe? <laughs> it would have been uh, high school, so it would have been earlier. The greatest, A little bit earlier. The greatest okay. album and uh, okay. stuff like that. Uh, guitarist Greg Chikiso, mm. really good guitarist. One of both of our favorites, 1954, yes. and tennis player Serena Williams is 41 today. Doesn't it? That can't be. Yeah, she's, 41. I think she's aged very well. Yeah, she has, and uh, it looks like uh, she could still win a yeah, Grand Slam tournament. <laughs> Anytime she wants. Yeah. Soon to be hits. Week of September 26, 1977. Mm-hmm. Charlene Duncan, I've Never Been to Me. 19, oh, they came in at number 98. Charlene came back, like, what, three years later, five years later? And it hit number three. It did. I'll, I'll never forget that. Uh, out of nowhere came oh, that song. Oh and boy, God. I wish I'd have gone back there. Uh, <laughs> now, it barely did anything this time around in 1977 in its first release. In fact, it only got one notch higher, number 97. But boy, somehow, when they re-released it five years later, big top five hit it for sure Charlene. Yep. Maybe shortening her name to just Charlene and eliminating Duncan. That could have been it. Number 89, a song we do know, Sticks. Come Sail Away, that would peak at number eight. Great stuff. I'm sailing away Set an open course for the virgin sea ahead of me On board I'm the captain So climb aboard We'll search for tomorrow On every shore And I'll try Oh Lord I'll try To care Geez, how deep is your love? That was just ahead of the release of Saturday Night Fever. The that's right. oh, yeah, album and right. the film came out mm-hmm. around Christmas time, but this was the end of September, and boy, that song just lasted forever on the yeah, charts, didn't did, it? Yeah, it did, and boy, it started that whole that whole period of time where all you heard were the Bee Gees. Now, yeah. if you had that soundtrack and you knew the song was already out, you're just waiting through the movie. When, when are they going to play it? Yeah, exactly. It's at the very <laughs> end when the credits are rolling, pretty much. It did hit number one. It started out at number 83 this week. The end of uh, September 1977, just when I started senior year of high school. Sure. Chicago, Baby, What a Big Surprise, came in at number four. That was from Chicago 11. That's right, yeah. Now, you and me, I remember your folks took my sister Mickey and I to the Coliseum to see Chicago that very fall. That could, I think that was that time, yeah. So, Baby, What a Big Surprise started at number 70, and to me, that's the last great Chicago album. Terry yeah, Kath passed uh, away after that? Definitely, because like you say, um, we lost Terry Kath right after that. Yeah. And um, <sighs> what came after was a lot of David Foster stuff. <laughs> yeah. And into the 80s, we talked many times about how music of the 80s just changed. Exactly. Exactly. And then it became power ballads and things like that yeah. and uh, pretty obvious songs after that. And they, wasn't it just Chicago? They kind of gave up the jazz end of mm-hmm. the group. Yeah, well, you lost Terry Kath, who liked to do the improv- improvisational exactly, stuff. Exactly, yeah. And that wasn't just pertaining to Chicago. That happened to other groups, too, like REO Speedwagon. Or Heart. You Heart, could say, Yeah, they had that whole second, uh, second life in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deep cut time, Frankie. Deep cuts from top (laughs) albums. I have Bob Seger from the six-time platinum album, 
Stranger in Town. Oh, what a great one. Till It Shines. Yeah. From 1978, cuts four on side one. Just after old time rock and roll, which mm-hmm. is overplayed and overplayed. If it hadn't been for Risky Business, that song <laughs> might be a deep cut. Because I don't know if anybody would have ever found it. That's I'm sure they would have, but boy, did they overplay that song. Yeah, they killed it. A lot of Bob Seger songs are just just run into the ground by radio. And it doesn't matter if it's Night moves terrestrial as, as or... another one, yes. yes. Glenn Fry had a nice guitar solo on Till It Shines, also featuring the famed Muscle Shoals rhythm section. Right. Which played with Bob a lot. They played on several other tracks as well on that album. What a great album. Stranger in Town, Bob Seeger. Great follow-up to Night Moves. And then you had after that Against the Wind. So he had a really good run there, didn't he? He sure did. And uh, nobody uh, deserved it more. Uh, He came out of Detroit and he was, as we've said before, he was like the Michael Stanley of Detroit for many years. And then, boom. uh, First it was Live Bullet. And then um, uh, Night Moves. They Mm -hmm. just kick the whole thing off and stranger in town is probably my favorite it's probably got yeah. more good deep cuts on it than any other well, he's, he's such a good artist i'm glad oh, that sure he made is. it and as you said before he was playing for his supper you know his very career he sure was and it came through loud and clear didn't it yeah it did who do you have for me rock well, and roll hall of famers yeah uh a song called ignore land by rem So when it comes to 1990s music, I would have to say that uh, the album Automatic for the People would easily make my top five for the decade. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was driving my first car with a built-in CD player, Mm -hmm. and I would simply plug this in almost every day on my way to work, 
and uh, or running errands and just listen to it. No skipping tracks needed, which is why today I highlight two tracks, a deep cut and an instrumental. Ooh. Now the first one, uh, the, the uh, deep cut, is Ignore Land. As you might gather, is political in nature. <laughs> as Mike Mills put it, Michael Stipe is railing against politicians. You never Aut- know. Automatic for the People, good album. That's a, the follow-up what pretty fan, much to Out of fan. Time. Fantastic yeah. album, and uh, it it just for me it meant so much. It was one of those I, I kind of call it one of those last great rock and roll albums. Yeah. We haven't had a whole lot since then to root for, but uh, that was a great. Yeah, that came one. out in 1992, just a yep. year after Out of Time, which had like Shiny Happy People, Texarkana, and Losing My Religion. Exactly. So they were on the the hook for a really good follow-up, and it sure really clicked for them. Uh, inducted in the Rock Hall, as I said, in 2007, their first year of eligibility, and very deservedly as so. What a great be, yeah. band. And I'm looking forward to the next one in our Best Instrumentals category very Definitely. soon. Yeah, got one coming. <laughs> Best Instrumentals category. Frankie, you got a good one from R.E.M., another one from the great album Automatic for the People. What is it? Absolutely. It's called New Orleans Instrumental Number 1. Mm-hmm. Catchy title, isn't it? Now, the band recorded the album Automatic for the People in a number of cities, one being New Orleans. And they recorded at a place called Kingsway, which was an old haunted mansion, uh, at least supposedly haunted, with kind of a neat um, old antiques, uh, neat instruments, that kind of thing. The moody little number featured little more than quivering electronic piano, thick-cut bass, and an ear-catching foghorn guitar. You can almost hear the smoke billowing from a late night club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In two minutes and 13 seconds, You too. got it. That's yeah. been a lot of time. Fun little song. You know, Automatic for the People was recorded at the Bearsville Studios in Woodstock, New York. Right. Other great album, other great tunes on that album. Everybody Hurts, Man on the Moon, Night Swimming. Good album, wasn't it? Oh, fantastic. Um, it, uh, again, one of those that uh, you can put it on. You don't have to skip around or anything. Mm-hmm. Just listen to it from beginning to end. Now, for, by then it was CDs, so you really can't say side one, side two. It's, right, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> REM, great group, one of my favorites. Uh, mine is More Than Friends. It's Bob James and David Sanborn, a wonderful, smooth jazz number from these two jazz legends. Oh, yeah, definitely. Bob James had that theme to Taxi. We talked mm-hmm. about that before. David Sanborn has worked with everyone, from James Taylor to Pure Prairie League. Kenny Loggins, Eric Clapton, even Michael Stanley, Cleveland legend. Yeah, if you've listened to any rock and roll uh, of the 70s or 80s, you heard a David Sanborn solo. (laughs) More Than Friends is a second cut from the 1986 album Double Vision. It also features a great instrumental, which we used to play all the time in 104, Maputo. Mm. And each is over six minutes long, but it's worth every second of your attention. It's a really good tune. Both of them are. The whole album is great. It won a Grammy for Best Jazz Fusion Performance, and Sanborn won that award twice. Nice. So they don't have that award category anymore. Exactly. But they do have Bob James and David Sanborn, More Than Friends. You can find that album, uh, the single, anywhere, and Double Vision. Go ahead and download it. I highly recommend it. Sounds good.
So we were talking off air before we started recording this week's episode of 70s Rock Conversations. Uh, you know, we're going to bring back, and we already have, kind of, you know, with Springsteen and we'll have The Who and Steely Dan and Fleetwood Mac, the featured artists that we had in the first two, three seasons, just to kind of freshen things up, take a, a fresh look at, at some things, add sure. some information, and maybe some up-to-date stuff as well. Absolutely. And so as we start talking about some of the featured artists from the past, like The Who, I thought it'd be fun to kind of bring back what would uh, I would start a record collection with. Say I don't have anything from The Who, and this is a good one to ask Frankie because he knows he is the rock expert. <laughs> if I were to start a record collection for The Who, where would I begin? Well, I had to think on this a while, but the only one I could come up with and the best one would be a little album called Meaty, Beady, Big, and Bouncy. <laughs> now, the reason I say that is The Who, pre-Tommy catalog, is pretty much a mess. There are UK albums, there are US albums, and they're all different. And then there's a bunch of UK singles that either didn't get airplay here or weren't even released in the United States. The obvious, like My Generation, Happy Jack, I Can See For Miles, are here. But also, you get the, got the gems like Pictures of Lily, The Kids Are All Right, and of course, the gender-bending, I'm a Boy. <laughs> this is a great jumping-off point to what was right around the corner, Live at Leeds, Tommy, and Who's Next. People try to put us to death Just because we get around You know, I, that's kind of the one I'd go with just because it kind of packages those early singles that the United States really didn't hear. I thought it would be Who's Next for You, but I'm glad that you took Meaty, what was it called? Meaty, Beaty, Big and Bouncy. And like I say, it's a it's a bit of a greatest hits, but they really hadn't had hardly any hits here in the States up until that time. Um, it wasn't until Tommy that they finally broke through and... Uh, had a big album, uh, which, of course, uh, uh, kind of a mediocre single off there would have been Pinball Wizard. It wasn't a big charter, but it did at least hit the top 40. One and Wonder, New York City, I'm doing fine now. Ow, ow. Without you, baby. 1973. Remember that yep, song? I absolutely do. Peaked at number 17 in 1973. No doubt it was on one of those KTEL things where they cut the song to pieces <laughs> and a four minute song turns into a minute and a half or whatever exactly
from New York City, of course. Yeah, I, I don't remember that that was their name. Yeah. I didn't ever realize that there was a group that was called that. They probably just said, you know, is New York City taken? Because, <laughs> But you do know who wrote the song, Philly producer, famed songwriter Tom Bell. Oh, absolutely, yeah. The follow-up, Make Me Twice the Man, only managed to peak at number 93 in the Billboard Hot 100. But in 1973, New York City was doing fine with yeah. I'm Doing Fine Now, or One Hit Wonder This Week. That's fun, too. Two Hit Wonder Time, Oliver. <laughs> Good Morning Starshine, which I really yeah. like. Hit number three, and Gene, which I really don't like. Hit number two. Gene was written by Rod McEwen, you probably know. Back-to-back top five hits for Oliver in 1969, and that was pretty much for uh, it for him, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Good Morning Starshine came off the hair yeah, soundtrack, didn't it? Did, it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bob Crew of Four Seasons fame produced both songs. Good Morning comes from the musical Hair, appeared in the second act of that show, by the way. think that with two big hits like that, he would have had more. You would I think. Mean, you would have thought there would have been more right around the corner. At the time, I got him confused with Donovan. One okay, word yeah. names and could have been something he did, too. Sure, absolutely. Gene yeah. was taken from the 1969 movie Prime of Miss Gene Brody. I never realized that. Remember Lakewood High School, Barnstormers put on a version of that. My sister Geraldine was in it. I'll be darned. Yeah. As number two here, Gene was, and number one in Canada, Sugar Sugar, keeping Oliver out of the top spot in late 1969. Nice. Boy, I didn't like Gene. Though. What a mopey. <laughs> Worse than honey, it's slower if it's possible. Oh. Top five singles, Frankie, September 26th, 1980. What were you doing last week of September 1980? What were you, 24 years old? Yeah, I think I was... Uh... I just graduated college, so whatever I did right after college, I can't remember what I was ex- exactly doing. Johnny Lee had Looking for Love, and that was from the Midnight, that was from the Urban Cowboy album. Okay, uh, yeah, Urban, CD. Urban uh, Cowboy, right. Well, I spent a lifetime looking for you. Single bars and good time lovers were never true Playing a fool's game, hoping to win And telling those sweet lies and losing again I was looking for I did everything I 
I could to get me through. Johnny Lee had the number five song, Looking for Love. That was his one and only hit. I remember he was married to Charlene, Charlize uh, Tilton for a while. You know, remember oh, Lucy on Dallas? Dallas? Yeah. yeah. So he had that one and only hit from the Midnight, from the uh, Urban Cowboy mm-hmm. uh, movie, which is one of those that when it's on, I'll just watch it. I don't know okay. why it's a dumb movie, but the great soundtrack. George Benson, Give Me the Night, number four. I love George Benson. Yeah, that was during his uh, hot time period. Yep. Yeah. Queen, another one bites the dust. That's a good tune. Mm. Air Supply, All Out of Love. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> Diana, and Diana Ross upside down. That was the last of four straight weeks for her at number one. Queen would rise to the top the next week and stay there for three weeks. Okay. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, yeah. boom. Yeah, 1980 was an okay year for music, better than 79, because we kind of eliminated a lot of the disco, didn't we? Yeah, sure did. Frankie, it's time for a great start, then dot, dot, dot. Now, we say dot, 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 because it's really ellipses, but it's easier to say dot, dot, dot. So we say great start, then. It's Eddie Kendricks. American singer and songwriter noted for his distinctive falsetto singing style. Kendricks co-founded the Motown singing group, The Temptations, and was one of their lead singers from 1960 until 1971. He was with them for almost all of their classic period. His final single with the group was 1971's number one hit, Just My Imagination. Now, internal strife within the Temps, including some violent fistfights and disagreements with Barry Gordy and Motown, uh, no surprise there, yeah. sent Eddie into a solo career. But oddly enough, he signed a solo contract with Motown, <laughs> and for the next seven years, he continued to have problems with them. Wow. His solo career took a year or so to get off the ground, but when it did, he flew back to the top of the charts with Keep On Truckin' yep. from Eddie Kendricks. It went to number one and then fouled it up with Boogie Down, which peaked at number two. Both are great songs. Good songs. They've sold both sold over a million copies. Boy, what a great singer. So was David Ruffin.
remember the song they did at the Apollo Theater with Hall and Oates, the way you think do the things you, you do, do twenty. Yeah. You know, that also they also appeared on Live Aid, July nineteen eighty five, I guess doing that song. I, that's right. Of course I, I didn't watch I didn't much of that show. That, I, I, I would have now. That. But back then I had other stuff to do. It was middle of summer as a Saturday. Sure. I was playing softball or whatever. <laughs> Like, I know Live Aid's on. I'll catch it sometime today, you know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Phil Collins is going to play both places. Um, No surprise. You know, whoop-dee-doo. And they'll play it on MTV. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll play it again and again Mm. and again. I'll help you see it. I really haven't seen it since. I haven't either. Too bad about um, Eddie Kendricks, though. What a great voice. And The Temptations. Great voice. And uh, it sounds like just had one of those careers that uh, he just couldn't get comfortable with the people that he was around, uh, whether it be The Temptations mm-hmm. or whether it be uh, Barry Gordy and Motown. Probably would have stepped away from The Temptations anyway, but a solo career got off to a great start with those two songs. Sure did. Which sounded different. Boogie Down and... And uh, keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. Great yeah. titles from the early seventies. All they yeah. needed was groovy in there, <laughs> I know. or heavy, or something like that. They were they were great songs, and um, it's too bad that it seemed to be that was it once yeah. uh, those two came. Sometimes we have a, a happy ending for great start then, and sometimes right. we don't. And this kind of was one of the don'ts. Yeah, unfortunately, we'll have more next week. Absolutely on the seventies rock conversations. Artists who debuted at number one or number two, speaking of Boogie, Boogie Nights, Heat Wave. That's right, yeah. Started out at number two right out of the gate. That's pretty good. Two for two weeks, late summer of 77. Also a top 10 hit a year later, The Groove Line. And they had a top 20 hit, too, called Always and Forever. So they did very well right after, right out of the gate. Boogie Nights was really a great tune. So was Groove Line for them. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Always and Forever had a lot of Manhattans to them, and I wasn't crazy about that. Yeah, but of course they need, probably needed a ballad in there, so yeah. <laughs> Rock Releases. September 26th, 1969, Abbey Road by the Beatles. Remember that one? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> John Lennon, we talked about Walls and Bridges, same day, five years later. Catch Bullet 4, Cat Stevens. Yeah, and that um, turned out to be his uh, peak, kind of peak of his popularity, although it only had one moderate hit, which was Sitting. It became number one, topping the charts for three weeks. Wow, so, uh, I didn't know that. His only number one album. I'm on my way, I know I am Somewhere not so far from here All I know is all I feel right now I feel the power growing in my head Sitting on my own, not by myself Everybody's here with me I don't need to touch your face to know I don't need to use my eyes to see I keep on wondering if I sleep too long Will I always wake up the same or so? And keep on wondering if I sleep too long Will I even wake up again?
I'm glad Cat Stevens was inducted into the Rock Hall. It was a nice surprise yeah, to me, me in too. 2014. He still sounds great because he really put his voice on hold for 25 years. He sure did. And uh, basically what Rolling Stone said about Catch Bullet 4 was they loved the gorgeous melodies and orchestrations, but they were sorry it didn't have like a hit like a Morning is Broken or Peace Train. They're like teaser and fire cat. Uh, Stevie Wonder, <laughs> Songs in the Key of Life. Boy, these are some good albums, huh? Wow, you can't, I mean, that was the uh, last of his, of course, three albums in four years mm-hmm. that all won Grammy Awards for Best Album of the Year. Arguably the best of the three and a double record set to boot. I mean, what are you going to say about that? It's one of my one? Desert Island albums oh, right yeah. there. Good morning, Here's your friendly announcer I have serious news to pass on to everybody What I'm about to say Couldn't mean the world's disaster Could change your joy and laughter to Lovely, another star, uh, Sir Duke. I mean, Uh I wish just one after another. Great hits, but also a a lot of great deep cuts on it, too. Yeah, we already had Contusion, you know, As Another Star. Those are all great songs. Have a talk with God. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire came out with Spirit in 1976. That's right. Blondie's Eat to the Beat. Uh, Billy Joel, The Stranger. Now, if you just went and and bought, bought all these or were given them to you for a gift, your record collection is in pretty good shape. Exactly. At the end of it all. <laughs> Billy, Billy Joel's A Stranger. That was out in 1977. Yeah. In the end of, end of uh, September, it was released. Hotter Than July, Stevie Wonder, 1980. That's a great album. Mm-hmm. Springsteen, Nebraska, 1982. Yeah, another good one, yeah. Cat Stevens talked about that. Teaser and the Fire Cat, 1971. That had Morning is Broken on it. That had Morning is Broken, and uh, Peace Train was also on there, so it was kind of a more hits-driven album. Yeah, Midnight Love, that's uh, Marvin Gaye, 1982, Sexual Healing. Chicago, Hot Streets. Not yep. crazy about that, but uh, whatever. That was the first one that um, I think a guy named Donnie Dacus yeah, took Donnie over Dacus. for uh, Terry Kath. Didn't last very long nah. with the group. <laughs> no. Uh, the police came out with a couple in 1979 on October 2nd, Regatta de Blanc, and then two years later, same day, Ghost in the Machine. That's one of your favorites. Oh, what just unbelievable stuff, uh, especially Regatta de Blanc because it was their second one. And, uh, you know, I know we've kind of talked about, kind of touched on this, but that first uh, police album was not my favorite. No. Uh, it was kind of a little bit too new wave-ish, too, yeah. too whiny. Too uh, whiny. With, with Roxanne and Can't Stand Losing You, and it was just, it didn't bring a lot to the table. And boy, when I first listened to Regatta de Blanc, it was totally, you know, yep. walking on the moon and stuff like that. Oh, And by the time stuff. Ghost in the Sheen came, of course, Zenyatta Mandata was the year yep. before, and Spirits and Material World, and all those great songs. And, you know, it's, it's hard to believe. Uh, it, it, it shocks me to this day. They just put out five albums. That was it. That was their total. Right. That was The Police. Five Every albums. couple of years. And soon to come, Synchronicity in 1983. Exactly. And they were done. Boy, talk about a good selection of albums slash CDs yep. to get. Featured artist time Frankie, Jethro Tull, Ian Anderson, the leader, the multi-instrumentalist, 
flute, acoustic guitar, also keyboards, electric and bass guitar, bazooki, balalaika, saxophone, and harmonica. Born in Scotland, the band got together in England, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and I think uh, you would have to be a very, very good fan of the group to really be able to name anyone else other than Ian Anderson. Originally a blues, rock, jazz fusion band, soon incorporated English folk, hard rock, classical music into their progressive sound, a sound all their own. Like Moody Blues had their sound, the sure. orchestra sound. These guys, my goodness, some of these songs, they had The Whistler and Teacher and Bungle in the Jungle, Living in the Past. Yeah, Hymn 43 and, mm. uh, you know, uh, Locomotive Breath, Aqualung, I mean, just great stuff. This was, was 1968, uh, Stand Up. In 1969, September. Benefit, 1970. I don't know any of those albums, but we do not do know Aqualong. Sure. March of 71. Then came the Thick as a Brick album. And uh, to date, um, the only album in history to go to number one with one song one on it. One single track, <laughs> 43 minutes long, split over two sides, their first number one album in the States. And you thought American Pie was a long song and in 1972. Exactly, exactly. Living in the Past, a compilation album. I love that song. I love Living in the Past. That's when I first started getting with Jethro Tull along with Thick as a Brick. It is. I like the album. It cover. is a fantastic song. I'll never forget. Uh, my aunt had come over to stay with us during the holidays, and of course, I'd just gotten that for Christmas, and so she wanted to hear what I was listening to, and I threw on that because I thought that she might be able to. She might like that. Sure enough, she did, and she was seventy years old at the yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you. 
I love that song. Uh, a Passion Play, 1973, came out in July. War Child, that had bungled in the jungle, skating way, in uh, 1974, hit number two in the U.S., so people knew Jethro Tull, they really liked his music. You had Thick as a Brick as one of your best album covers, I do remember. Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I have uh, I also had them as one of my... Um, to make the Hall of Fame. Uh, right. I, I put out an impassioned plea for them. Please, before Dolly gets in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, they've been eligible since 1994 and have never been nominated. It's hard to believe. That's incredible. War Child was one of the 13 albums I got in my very first order for oh, really? Columbia Records. Oh, really? All right. <laughs> With Bungle in the Jungle. Yeah, that sure. one was Inner Visions, Stevie Wonder. Oh, uh, I can't remember the other ones, but I remember, I remember War Child freshman in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Those songs are great, too. Meanwhile, back in the year one When you belong to no one You didn't stand a chance, son If your pants were undone Cause you were bred for humanity And so to society One day you'll wake up In the present day A million generations Removed from expectations Of being who you really want to be Skating away Skating away Skating So as you push off from the shore Won't you turn your head once more And make your peace with everyone But those who choose to stay Will live just one more day To do the things they should have done Minstrel in the Gallery came out in September of 75, a softer, more acoustic-style album. Right. Did you ever right. see Jethro Tull in concert? I or never want to? did. Uh, always wish I had, but it, it was just one that I never seemed to get around to. Yeah, you know, they have had a lot of compilation albums, two dozen studio albums. Wow. And ten live albums, including one recorded at Madison Square Garden and one at Carnegie Hall. Okay. And you know how hard it is to get to Carnegie Hall. Sure, how do you absolutely. get there? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Original members, you know, uh, Ian Anderson. I can't. I don't know any of the other guys. Exactly. <laughs> and and you would. Uh, I would press very hard. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you would have to be a really good, uh, really deep fan deep to fan. know. Had a lot of turnovers over the years. Oh, yeah. A couple of dozen members in the band, kind of like Steely Dan. Exactly. Huge, huge list of guest musicians. That does sound like Steely Dan. Sure does. Who also had a sound all their own, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Blackpool, England was where they first got together. Ian put the band together in 1967, had trouble getting some repeat gigs. And so they changed their name quite a bit to gain attention. Names like Candy Colored Rain, Ian, Ian Henderson's Bag of Nails. And even navy blue. <laughs> Bag of nails. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Nothing seemed to work, and Jethro Tull seemed to fit of all, perfectly. Yeah, of all the uh, <laughs> names, yes. Many 
Songs from the Wood had the Whistler on it. That was 1979. They still had that progressive rock feel, but this time included songs filled with imagery from medieval Britain. <laughs> wow. And, you know, when you're putting out something like that, you're not going for record sales. No. I mean, that's that's the one thing. They never... They never took the easy way out, as so many of their brethren in, uh, you know, you can point to a lot of progressive rock groups that kind of, well, Genesis for one, yes, of course, had mm-hmm. that, but a lot of them that were very much uh, progressive and then suddenly were putting out hit records. Jethro Tull never did that. you got to give him credit for yeah, that. Yeah, you know, they had a Christmas album out about 20 years ago. A collection of traditional songs along with new and older Christmas tunes written by Ian Anderson, Jethro Tull. I'll have to seek that out because I bet it's very good. Sure it is, (laughs) yeah. After the Stormwatch tour of 1980, significant changes happened with the band. And a solo album by Ian was in the works as well as a few other solo projects during the decade. In 2012, 10 years ago, Frankie, they came out with Thick as a Brick 2. And in January this year, they released The Zealot Game. Their first studio album in 19 years. Isn't that incredible? First Still one, at yeah, it, huh? to, almost in 20 years to feature original, new material. That's great. Yeah, that'd be a band I'd like to see again sometime. Maybe. Yeah, it would be neat if they'd come through on, uh, you know, with one of those where they come with somebody else that mm-hmm. fits that kind of mode. It would be great to see them. Jean-Luc Ponty. Yeah. yeah <laughs> That'd yeah. be a fun night, wouldn't that? That would be a great night. Uh, not a favorite of critics over the years. We've no. heard that before, haven't we? No. And, and uh, progressive <laughs> music was never a critical, uh, you know, a yep. love. They, just, they never got into no, it. No, never did. Um, these artists cite Jethro Tull as their influence. Steve Harris of Iron Maiden. Pearl Jam's Eddie Vedder. Joe Bonamassa, Jenny Conley of the Decemberists. Wow. That's one of today's some real good so, instrumentalists, too. Yeah. yeah. Their website has a lot of cool stuff you can purchase, by the okay. way. A new book entitled Lend Me Your Ears and the Jethro Tull Art Collection, plus the 40th Anniversary Collection, featuring three CDs, three DVDs, and other 40th Anniversary editions wow. as well. Really don't mind if you sit this one out My words but a whisper, deafness, a shout I may make you feel that I can't make you think Your sperm's in the gutter, your love's in the sink So you ride yourselves over the fields And you make all your animal deals And your wise men don't know how it feels To be thick as a brick And castle virtues are all swept away In the tidal destruction, the moral malaise The elastic retreat So he's involved, Ian is, in several philanthropic endeavors, including population growth, which has been on his mind for many, many years. Hmm, That's interesting. Yeah, he's currently touring in Greece, then Germany, then Spain. Good to see everybody back in touch again with the fans. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure they missed it, as we missed them. But a lot of people are overseas right now, including Jethro Tell, finishing in 2022 overseas in the Netherlands. They have a huge tour this year, Frankie. It's really? still going on. It started earlier this year. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's Jethro Tull. It, you know, some of these albums I have, like War Child, some I wish I had, but I don't, like Aqualong. Maybe right. I should pick it up sometime. Absolutely, Yeah. <laughs> Walking through forests of palm tree apartments Scuff at the monkeys who live in their dark tents Down by the waterhole, drunk every Friday Eating their nuts, saving their raisins for Sunday Lions and tigers who wait in the shadows They're fast but they're lazy and sleep in green meadows 
What would be your favorite of those songs I listed? I like the Whistler the best. Uh, I'll still go with uh, Living in the Past. No, it's such a, a fun song. record, and it's one of the few. If, uh, if you're not a music aficionado, um, if if you think about the song, it's in 5-4 time, which is very odd. Usually most things that are hits are 4-4. Four, four. Sometimes you get a little bit of 3-4 in there. But this was 5-4 time, which has a little extra beat, and that's what you hear in the record. And it's very rare uh, that uh, anyone would put out, uh, think the Mission Impossible theme is another one. Mm -hmm. It's in 5-4. So you played Living in the Past for your 70-year-old aunt way yes, back in the day. she loved it. Were you <laughs> afraid to put on anything else by Ian Anderson, Jeff Rotol? No. I <laughs> that was about it, huh? That was about it, yeah. <laughs> How about Alice Cooper, next week's featured artist? <laughs> no more Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah, and, uh, be my lover. <laughs> you would love that. So we're going to have Alice Cooper as our featured artist next week. going to have some new um, segments also coming your way very soon. Best three albums from a certain group in no particular order. A lot of other fun stuff coming your way as we make our way through Season 7 and then into Season 8. We're just going to go on and on, aren't we, Frankie? Exactly. As long as they'll listen, we'll do it. <laughs> Thanks for listening, by the way. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Frank. Love your input. Uh, I love being here. We'll see you next week with Alice Cooper as our featured artist on Tim Friedman's 70s Rock Conversations. We'll see you then.